unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my Sometimes need to be on that time constraint. Uh, okay. Good evening. Now, obviously, we got plenty of room to spread out, and if you, uh, we're going to try to make this as interactive uh, as we can. Uh, we are a live stream, of course, and I will be asking questions, and you are invited to uh, speak up. Now, understand, I may not can hear you if you're far away. Um, so, if you think you will participate and, and want to participate, come closer. You know, um, I'll repeat what you say for the live stream if, when we have those situations, but you have to understand that I may not can hear you. Okay. We're starting tonight, and yes, it's going to take a little while to um, build us back up having Bible classes, but... We're having one outside, and that class will move to the annex um, the second Sunday night in November. The first Sunday night, everybody will meet in here for a um, mission report. Brother Barrier, uh, what's his name? Joey, that's right. Uh, I couldn't remember the son's name. But in here, we're going to start a series on Psalm 119. So... I am looking forward to that. I truly am. Now, as we start, first of all, I, I want to make a couple of announcements. Annette uh, Deaton, we were asked to make this. That's Billy Deaton's wife. She passed away today, and I think it was today, and they wanted that announcement made. So Annette Deaton, Annette Deaton did pass away, so wanted to tell you that. And the Lord's Supper, if anyone did not have the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, that's going to be uh, available for uh, right after in the little chapel, and I'll try, remind me when I get ready to stop, wave at me and tell me to do that again, okay? Um, now, as we begin tonight, we're going to, I want us to begin with a word of prayer. I like what Brother Ken has been doing of, of beginning a study with a word of prayer, and so I want us to continue doing that. But a little disclaimer before we get into our lesson and get serious about our study is that if I move around, and I, I do move around, I don't stay still very well. If you see me wince, <laughs> don't be alarmed about that. I just want you to know I probably will because I'll forget. Uh, yesterday, I tried to make an 18-foot extension ladder do something it's not supposed to, and I fell off of that ladder, and uh, I got a place on my head and some pretty bruised ribs. I'm very fortunate uh, that I did not break anything. God was looking after me. There is a shrub bush that is never going to be quite the same, uh, but that's okay. Um, so if I went a couple of times, I've moved already today and I've squealed. So uh, if I do that, you'll just have to forgive me and overlook. Tonight, we're going to begin a study that I think, I love it. 
And if you have never spent time in Psalms 119, I think you're going to enjoy it. I hope you'll, you'll be a note taker. I hope you'll say, oh, I want to get that and study it some more. But as we do that, before we get into that, let's bow and let's pray together. Our most gracious and holy Heavenly Father, as we open your truth tonight, give us the wisdom and the courage to do the things you'd have us do. Help us, Lord, be the people you'd have us to be because we are students of your divine word. Be with those who have lost loved ones, Lord, and help us always to put you first. In your son's name, amen. Now, we may have to compete with the outside there for a time or two, but that's okay. Uh, Brother Ken doesn't know me very well. If it becomes a contest of who can be louder, he hadn't got a chance. Uh, and y'all know that. No amens, please. Um, okay. Psalm 119. How many verses has it got? Let's see. Uh-oh. Okay. 176 verses. It's the longest passage in the Bible. Now, if you wanted to do some memory work, the book of James is a great book to, to begin memorizing. But in the Old Testament, Psalm 119 is a great place to start. That is this long chapter in the Bible. Really, it's a psalm. It's a song. It's a poem. It is, uh, if you look at it, you'll notice there are strange little words at the beginning of each section. There are 22 stanzas. 22 sections in Psalm 119. Really, it's like stanzas in our songs. But those are the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And each one of those begins that particular um, stanza. And so that's just a little bit of information I wanted you to have. Okay. Now, I gleaned, as I was doing some reading, I, I found a little passage or a little section in the pulpit commentary that I thought was really good. So I... I, I uh, gleaned it for my own purposes, adapted it for this study. But in Psalm 119, the reason why I wanted to do this study, this is something that I've been doing. I've been trying, and it's made a difference. And whenever I tell you that, everything I do starts with me, just like Brother Ken said. And I don't tell you things to say, oh, that's, that's really good. I'm telling you that, hey, this has worked for me, or this hasn't worked for me. But one of the things that I've started doing is sitting down with the Word of God uh, early in the morning. I have found that the older I get, if I spend a few minutes uh, with uh, just a little light on uh, with a cup of coffee in the Bible, that I feel a whole lot better. I don't know if any of you have discovered that, but, but it really does. And so I got into this particular study. In Psalm 119, the entire subject is God's Word, some form of God's Word. There are nine synonyms. Now, we know what a synonym, right? It, it's means the same or almost the same. When you study Psalm 119, you're going to find there are nine synonyms of God's Word. First of all, the law. God's law in the widest sense. Yes, that word is Torah, but not just the, the Pentateuch, not just the first five books, but God's law in its widest sense. Testimonies is a word that comes up a lot. God's commandments as witnesses of God's character and attesting to His will. You might also find the word judgments that are pronouncements against behavior or conduct. You'll find the word statutes or ordinances, and those are enactments of God as lawgiver, as legislator. God's word or word has to do with God's spoken or his written word. 
or the word and the word way and ways. It has to do with specific lines of conduct. So I told you all of that to say all of those different words that prop up, it's easy to sit down and say, I'm going to do some Bible reading. I'm going to read Psalm 119 and say, you know, this just kind of repeats itself. It just kind of says the same thing over and over. Yes and absolutely not yes. It covers the same subject, but it most certainly doesn't cover it in the same way. In Psalm 119, God's Word and my relationship to it is considered in every way conceivably possible, in every possible aspect. That's why it's a powerful study, in my humble opinion. So as we think about this, either I'm doing this wrong, okay? Uh, now, first of all, the first eight verses. If you want to do homework, now I will tell you tonight, we will not uh, get through the first eight verses, but we're going to try to cover eight verses, one stand up per lesson. So every aspect of God's Word and my relationship to it. So what I want you to understand is that God's Word in the first eight verses involves a deliberate relationship. Okay, we know what the word relationship is, but let's test the waters now of our getting used to talking back and forth just a little bit. And Jeremy, if I go out of the, the, the range of the camera, you wave at me, okay? So somebody tell me, what's deliberate? If somebody, what does deliberate mean? It may be one of those words, I know what it means, but I can't really say it. On purpose. So if somebody does something deliberately, it's on purpose. Now, uh, have you ever gotten in trouble as a child because you did something deliberately when you weren't... Uh, yeah, okay. And you tried to get out of it by saying, I didn't mean to, you know. I, I threw the cat in, uh, into the fan. I, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. Well, that's kind of hard to explain. Deliberately means on purpose, doesn't it? Okay, what I want you to think about when you read these eight verses is that God's Word involves a deliberate relationship. That means God has a part. God has uh, something He's putting into the relationship, but there are some things that I have to put into the relationship as well. So God's Word involves a divine relationship. Number one, now we'll get as far as these as we can, but God's Word involves a deliberate, on purpose. Let that word sink in. God's Word involves deliberate behavior on my part. Verse 1. Now, we'll get to a point. I hope you'll open your Bibles to Psalm 119. I'll put some of the verses up there. So I'm just kind of testing the waters tonight. But it'll, before too long, I'll call on somebody to read a verse, and I'll try to remember not to be in teacher mode and ask you first. But verse 1, it's deliberate behavior. Look at that verse. Blessed are those... We love to say blessed, but blessed are those whose way is blameless who walk in the law of the Lord. Okay, time out. First thing, the word blessed. That word in Hebrew, now I studied Greek when I went to the Memphis School of Preaching, and I love studying those Greek words, so, but I'm, a little, I'm not very familiar with the Hebrew, and I'm learning to appreciate the Hebrew. That word blessed, it means happiness, happy, but what's cool about that word is that it's actually... It has the power of an interjection. It has the force of an interjection. You say, what does that mean? Well, an interjection 
in the English language shows emotion, right? And you put an exclamation point behind it. So when you see it, it's supposed to be louder. When you see that exclamation point, it's louder. And the definition of this word actually had an exclamation point behind it. You say, what's that got to do with anything? It's got a lot to do with it. That word blessed in the Hebrew literally means, oh, happy is the person. Oh, happy person. The, the person who, those whose way is blameless, that person is happy. That person has the joy that God has promised. But now, wait a minute. Those whose way is blameless and who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, I can't help. I'm, I'm using the English Standard Version here. And so, I want you to look at this. Blessed are those... Now, don't get mad. I mean, I had a fellow fuss at me one time because uh, he said, this is English, not, this is church, not English. And I said, wait a minute. How did God talk to us? Well, through the Bible. What are the, what's the Bible made of? Words. I rest my case. If we understand the words, blessed are those. Those are God's children. Those are Christians. But what about those? Blessed or happy uh, uh, Blessed by God are those whose way is blameless and who walk in the law of the Lord. Okay, I want you to think about that just for a second. Whose way is blameless. What is a way? Say that again. Actions? Okay. The, the Hebrew word way here has the idea of a journey, a course of life, the way you're going. Oh, my journey, my journey from birth to eternity, my journey through life, my, my course of life, the, the way I'm headed, whose way is blameless. We see the English word blameless and we think perfect. Absolutely, that's not what this means. Tell me if you hear some New Testament verses pop into your head. So I, I'm going to test you a little bit when you hear this definition. Entire, whole, complete, without spot. That's what the word blameless means. Not, not, not sinlessly perfect, but whose way is complete, whose way is mature, whose way is spotless, based on my uh, efforts and my diligent, faithful at trying. Well, what about James 1.27? Pure religion and undefiled before God is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to... Keep oneself unspotted from the world. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man, the person, that word means, the person of God may be perfect, complete, thoroughly all the way furnished to every good work. The idea here is whose way is blameless, but stop right there. Notice here, do you see that who walk in the law of the Lord? That is an adjective clause. It's telling you about those whose way is blameless. Now you say, okay, what difference does that make? How do these individuals keep their way blameless? How do I keep my journey through life whole and complete and spotless in the eyes of God? By walking in the law of the Lord. By moving through the law of the Lord. What's really interesting, and I, I, I guess I sometimes want to apologize, but I really can't help it. I love words. Because the words of the Bible are important. 
Now, this is my opinion. So you can say, well, I disagree with that, and that's okay. But sometimes I fear that we spend our whole lives learning principles and concepts that have to do with God's Word, and we never really serve God because we don't listen to His words. In other words, we don't put them into practice. Oh, I know in principle what I'm supposed to do, but this word walk, it means literally walking to and fro, up and down. makes me think of um, in Job, when God asked Satan, where have you been? What did he say? Walking up and down, to and fro in the earth. That's this word. So when I am walking, how do you walk, by the way? That's not a trick question, I promise. How do you walk? Oh, come on. It's that simple. When you get up and go out of here tonight, how are you going to walk? Upright by putting one foot in front of the other. Okay, somebody said I wanted to say that, but I was afraid it was too simple. No, by walking, by moving. And so wait a minute. Those who are, who are blameless, they, they are that way because they put one foot in front of the other in life, metaphor, spiritually, making every effort to walk in the law of the Lord. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. Does that make sense? I walk where I'm supposed to walk. Now look, we understand that in just about every aspect of life. One night I, I thought, I, I was at a football game and thought there was going to be an absolute riot not to make light of some of the terrible things happening in our world, but I thought folks were going to have a fit. Because, do you know what happens when a fellow catches a pass and he's running way downfield and you're saying, yeah, and you see some of that white dust go up in, his, in the air by his feet? What's he done? He stepped out of bounds. But that, the nice fellow in striped shirt didn't see that because he was turning. And I wasn't going to tell him. <laughs> and neither was... The, but everybody was upset who was on the other side. Why? Because he walked where he shouldn't have been. So when I walk in the law of the Lord and I walk in the light, that simply means that I am doing everything within my power to live inside the boundaries that God has given me. Well, how do I do that? The law of the Lord. It requires a deliberate, deliberate behavior on my part to do that. But number two, God's word involves deliberate focus. The word focus means what? What does focus mean to you? Undivided attention? Okay. Anybody else? That's a good answer. Thank you, Kevin. But blessed are those who keep his testimonies. There it is again. Who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Now, notice those two. See if you can notice the focus there, the deliberate focus. Those who keep his testimonies. The word keep, I love God's use of the word keep because this Hebrew word is so broad in its, it takes in so much. Now, we think keep his testimonies means obey. It does. 
It does, but it means so much more than that. It means so much more than that. The idea, uh, the word, the Hebrew word keep here has the idea of maintaining, of guarding, of protecting and obeying. Wait a minute. If you think about that for a minute. God's Word, I keep His testimonies, what He has told me, what He has given me, what, what he has, uh, how He has directed me. I don't just obey them. I don't just... And sometimes, do you think anyone has ever been guilty of not being what God would have uh, us to... Have I ever been guilty of not being what God wants me to be because I've said... Now, wait a minute. Uh, look, I, I have been... I've been to X number of services and, and I have not done... and I. But the idea of keeping his testimonies is that I hold them near to me. I protect, I, I protect my soul and God's word within my soul or within my heart. In other words, I maintain it. I keep it fresh. You say, well, okay, I really am not sure I get that. The best way I know to illustrate that is the idea right now is that I'm about to say something that you're probably going to think is strange, but I absolutely love to take standardized tests. You know, some of you are laughing under your mask. Uh, I sit down and take the English or the reading ACT. I would do that for pleasure. And some of you are thinking, you need to get a social life. You know, because, are you kidding? But... I have students in my class, in my ACT prep class, who, who struggle and say, oh, I just don't, oh, okay, now I get that. And I, sometimes as a teacher, I say, okay, I don't understand. Why are they struggling with it? Well, I know why. They've got all those things. They've got the information. They've got the knowledge, but they don't use it every day. It's not a part of them every day. And I shouldn't have any trouble with it. I should be able to sit down and, and understand the reasoning why this works the way it works. Why? Because it's where in my head every day. It's at the front. Does that make any sense to you at all? It makes a lot of sense to me. So I get it. I can explain uh, why that is a clause and what it does because that's... That's a, it's there because I do that on a regular basis. I wouldn't expect you to do that. Now, if you came up here, any math teachers in here? Any math people in here? Good. I, well, I didn't mean it like that. I meant that um, if you came up here and put an algebra uh, a problem up there, I couldn't work it. Uh, you could explain to me how to work it, and I still wouldn't understand it because my brain doesn't work that way, and I don't do that on a regular basis. Now, let's just stop. I'm not rambling, I promise. Who keep his testimonies. I protect God's word and I maintain it in my life. I don't just obey it as an arbitrary system of things I do. I obey it because it's a part of who I am. It's a part of who I am. Now, you can ask Lisa this, and I'm ashamed. Well, no, I'm not. Um, you would laugh at me. But I have been known to correct the grammar on billboards while riding down the road. Why would I do that? It's a natural part of who I am because that's just there in me. Now, if I stop teaching English 10 years from now, or within a period of time, that wouldn't be an automatic anymore. Now, do you get how, what that means as far as this study? 
deliberate focus means that I protect God's testimonies in my heart. I seek Him with my whole heart. That's focus. Now, I know this, I could say this, this is true. Um, and this happened to me just recently. Uh, I owe a colleague of mine uh, a gift card uh, to Hobby Lobby because I made the statement that there's a gift card in it for anybody who can find my book. Uh, I lost a Frankenstein novel copy that I've got eight years worth of notes in. And I've, I'm, I've, looked, I've looked everywhere in this room. It took her two minutes to find it in a box that's been in my room that whole time. You know how annoying that is, Jim? That's, that's, that's so annoying. But I looked everywhere, apparently not. Uh, my mind was not broadened to every crevice. Okay, if I seek him with my whole heart, I'm making sure that every aspect of who God is and who God wants me to be and what I'm supposed to be, I cover that. Now, I learned something about this word, this Hebrew word seek. I know what seek means. Uh, Matthew 6, says what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, tell me what seek means to you. Actively look. Now, I like that. that uh, what does actively look means? As the mother of, of children, you, you use that adverb on purpose. Uh, actively look means what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've, well, I love the way you put that because sometimes that's the way children and husbands look for things. You know, uh, we walk through the room, and if it jumps out on us, we shall have found it. You know, but if it requires us to actually look under something, you know, I have never used that illustration that at least one or two wives didn't laugh. You know, because that's just how it is. But this word means more than that. In the Hebrew, the word seek, and I had to look again because I, I really wasn't sure. It means to rub or beat or tread a path, beat a path figuratively to learn or study. Now, wait a minute. That's got to be the wrong word. So I went back and I looked again. But I seek God with my whole heart. That Hebrew word has the idea that I literally, or, or spiritually, however you want to put it, I beat a path to God's door through His truth. I beat a path to God through His truth. So His word should be worn out because I've been traveling through it so much looking for God. That's what that Hebrew word means. Now think about that. It reminds me of a person, and I don't mean to judge it, and so forgive me if I am, but I saw a person come into a worship assembly one time with a Bible still in the box. I guess that's okay if it was a gift yesterday. But it not only should be out of the box, it should be absolutely worn out. Not just literally. But I beat a path to God's door through His truth. Questions or comments? God's Word requires deliberate behavior and deliberate focus, and it requires deliberate decisions. I was hoping we'd get to this one tonight. Deliberate decisions, and I think I put... 
I put that up there. Yes. Those who do no wrong. Jeremy, back that up. Why don't you all back that up, please? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Okay. Those who, who also do no wrong. Remember that who is going back again to where we were. Those who are blessed. Those who seek God with the whole heart. Those who, those who also do no wrong and walk in His ways. There's that word walk again. But who also do no wrong but. Now watch this. There's those clauses again. Who also do no wrong but who also walk in His way. Okay, let's make sure that we understand that. The idea of do. Walk we understand. Who move. Who go through His ways. God's ways. I walk the way God wants me to walk. My travel. My course. My, my behavior. Everything about me is within God's boundaries. And it is in God's direction. Under God's guidance. But. Look at that. Okay. Look at that word but. There's a contrast here. Sometimes we miss, I believe, the, the, the understanding is that being a child of God is a two-sided coin, if you will. It is not simply what I do not do, but it is what I do. It is not how I do not live, but it is how I do not live and how I live. Those who are blessed here, that deliberate decision, I have to make a decision. I think Brother Ken used Matthew 6, 24 this morning. Or it was at some point he did. Um, no man can serve two masters. Serve one or the other. Either love one or hate the other. There's no, I have to make a decision. Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, you choose who you're going to serve. Now I've decided... Me and my house, we're going to serve God. But you have to choose as well. I think sometimes we, we applaud Joshua for his choice and forget that Joshua was looking out to an entire audience of people and saying to them, you have to choose. Here is a, the word of God involves deliberate decisions because those who are blessed, those who are serving God, those who are immersed in his word, they not only walk in his ways, they also do no wrong. Now, that word do, that word do is a verb that means to practice or to make systematically or habitually. See, the Bible is always clear. The Bible never suggests that any person has to be perfect, that any person is free from temptation or from stumbling. In fact, it's right the opposite, with God's making every provision for us when we do stumble. But the word do, isn't it interesting that this Hebrew construct has the idea of habitually or systematically on purpose. I don't make it a habit of deliberately doing what's wrong. I make it a habit to not do wrong. How do I do that? By walking in his ways. Those two go together. Those two go together. Sometimes we concentrate on one before we do the other, but may I suggest that they go together. I make a deliberate decision not to do what's wrong while at the same time making the decision to do what is right on the other side of that uh, contrast. So that wording in that text makes it clear that God's Word involves deliberate decisions. Questions?
But number four, God's word involves deliberate desire. Now, I will say that I didn't get all of the handy, you know, I don't have all of these uh, marked like these others. And I don't even, I don't think I have this verse up here. I, I don't. I'm sorry, Jamie, you back up. I got part of this done and not all of it. But in Psalm 119, let's read verses 4 and 5. Anybody got it? Want to read it? Oh, come on now. Jim, are you reading out of the King James or New King James? Doesn't matter. I, okay, does it have an exclamation point behind verse 5? Oh, yeah, okay. Now, and you say, what difference does that make? Man, it makes every difference. Because this is said full of emotion. This is said, this was written, this is sung with a deep longing. God's Word involves deliberate desire. I want to. I want to so badly. Now, to use an old southern uh, 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 phrase here, I love it so, I want it so badly I can taste it. I don't know that I fully understand that, but I do know what it means. And so, wait a minute, look again. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Okay, that's plain enough. You have commanded that we keep your word, your way, your law, your direction we keep it diligently. That means we work at it, just like we're looking for that. We, we, we do it with all of our heart. But wait, verse 5 is an expression of desire. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your stand. Oh, Father, may it be the case that I work hard at it. May it be the case that I love you that much, that I want to keep your commandments. See, God's Word isn't just words on paper or words directed from God. I have to have that deliberate desire. I want to. I want to know what God wants from me, and I want to do it with all of my heart. You know, there are lots of people who would, would see me. There are probably people that will watch this on live stream or, or, or later and say, Wow, that's kind of sappy. It's really not. From the depth of who I am, I want to know everything God wants me to know and be everything God wants me to be. Number five, God's Word involves deliberate consequences. Verse six, Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. And I wish I had gotten that one on the board. Uh, if you are, uh, you like marking in your Bible, if you put a little mark around that, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments, that would be a, a participle phrase, and I love to teach that one. It goes back, if you drew an arrow, it would go all the way back to I. Then I shall not be put to shame. Who's not going to be put to shame? Well, one of God's children. That's, not, that's right, but, but who's the I in that verse? According to that verse, the I is the one who has his eyes fixed on your commandments. There's deliberate consequences there. Now, we're used to hearing the word consequence. Let's see how much time i got. We're used to hearing the word consequence in the negative. We're used to the word consequence having a negative connotation. And I suppose that's okay, but the word consequence is not a negative word. It's really not. 
uh, if I, um, pay, I just got my, my water bill. If I pay my water bill, then I'll still have water next week, I hope. Uh, that's a positive consequence. Okay, do you see the positive consequence in this verse? What is it? What is it? I am not ashamed. I'm not put to shame. Why? Because my eyes are fixed on God's Word. My eyes are fixed on God's Word, so I'm not put to shame. Well, why are you not put to shame? Well, because I'm serving God and He's going to bless me. And, and, but also, I'm not going to be put to shame because I can't help but think my eyes are fixed on His Word. I'm paying attention. Just like, look, I'll be honest with you. If I had paid attention yesterday, I wouldn't have fell off that ladder. Uh, if I had, and I don't even, don't ask me how I had the ladder set up because I don't want you to know. Uh, because one of you is going to say, well, no wonder it failed. Uh, just stop. Okay. And you're right. But I, when I think about, when I do things the way I'm supposed to do them, the reason, if I walk in the light as God is, uh, Christ is in the light, if I walk in the light of God's Word, then I, am, I don't fall into dark holes. Why? Because I'm not in the dark. Because I'm not where the darkness is. You ever thought about that? Well, you're telling me I can't sin while I'm walking in the light? I'm telling you, you can't sin when you're walking in the light. Now, wait a minute. Don't go out of here and say, preacher said you couldn't sin. That's not what I said. If you will stop there and read 1 John I'm sorry, James 1, 13 through 15, and you understand that's why Satan has to lure you with temptation, has to draw you. Those two words, lure and draw, in that, are both fishing terms originally in the Greek. That's because Satan cannot come into the light. So he has to tempt you to come out of the light so that you're in the darkness. And that's why John said in 1 John 5, 18 or 19, that the whole world lies in wickedness. Satan has to have you there in order to get his snares into you. So, when I, when I do what God wants me to do, then the consequence is that I'm not ashamed because I am where the shame isn't. And then number five, we're going to get through after all, I think. Yes, sir, please. Absolutely. Um, oh, absolutely. The and, and again, back us up one, Jeremy, please. I'm sorry. Does this button have a backup? You'll have to show me which one it is. Okay, it's been preached so many times that there's no letters left on it. Okay, um, but deliberate consequences when I keep all his commandments and. I, Absolutely. Um, it, it's, uh, well, officer, um, my taillights are working and, and, and my, my insurance is paid and, and I wasn't going the speed limit and my license, what year is this? Oh, well, three out of four ain't bad. Okay, what happens? Probably get a ticket or we could get a ticket. Uh, so, 
Look at that verse one more time. I shall not be put to shame having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Absolutely. It, it's not a pick or choose. It's not a, it's all of it. That I am working to make sure that God's word is a part of everything that I do. And that's not an easy thing. And it's not a one day thing. It takes a lifetime. Very good. Thank you, brother. God's word involves deliberate worship. Does God's word motivate, move us, motivate us, guide us in our worship? Verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart. I love this because, now, let me read the first part again, and somebody out there, read the second part. We've got to do this like a well-oiled machine here. I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous judgments. Now, or your righteous rules, this, uh, this one says. Now, notice, how do those two go together? Now, according to the, the wording here, the second is a clause of, of um, effect based on the first. So, when do I praise you with an upright heart? When do I worship you the way you want to be worshipped? When does my worship reach the throne room of God? When I learn your righteous rules, when I learn your righteous judgments. You see, having God's Word absorbed into every element of who I am spiritually. Okay, are we spiritual? Are we spiritual beings? Yes, we're housed in physical bodies, but we're spiritual beings. Paul even talks about that in several... Okay, we talk about our physical bodies being absorbing things. Well, folks, our spiritual body does that too. I worship God. I praise God with an upright heart when I absorb His truth. I can sing about my Creator when I understand just exactly what it means to have a God who is everything, who has created me. And I've thought about that recently, and I've read about that recently, and I read about God's goodness and God's grace. And so when I worship God, that shows in my worship. But I'll be honest, if I have not had any time in the Word of God from the last time I worshiped to the time I'm trying to worship now, it's going to show in my worship. It really will. And then number seven, God's Word involves deliberate understanding. Somebody read verse eight and we'll stop with that. Uh, we're going to have to work on this exchange here. Uh, I, will, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. God's word involves deliberate understanding. I understand that keeping the word of God, if when I read that, that's not a, a uh, that do not utterly forsake me, that's not a, a, a plea of a helpless individual who's afraid God is going to throw him out. No, that's a plea of someone who says, I will keep your statutes. Father, do not utterly forsake me. Continue to be there by my side. What did Jesus say in Matthew 28 and verse 20? 
Now, we always love to read, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and teach all nations, or, or go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. I am with you always. Why is it that that's an afterthought in our reading? I don't think we mean for it to be. I don't, but I think it is sometimes. Oh, that's cool. He said he'd be with them. No, that's everything. The reason they're going to be able to go out and make those disciples, the reason that they're going to be able to do what God said is because Jesus said, I will be with you all the time, all the, all the way through. Is he with us? Yes. Has God promised to be with us? Yes. So when I read that passage, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Father, help me understand what you want me to understand. Do we pray that prayer? Father, help me live this verse better than I did yesterday. I know that... And I may go tomorrow... I may find myself in Mr. Sweeney's office tomorrow because I've done something stupid. I hope not. But I know there are things that I would fly off the handle about 15 years ago that I had been very, you know, I thought, wow. I was praying about that and asking God to, and you know what? I, I didn't. But some, we know what that means. And, and we think, oh, don't say that, you're bragging. I, not, I'm not meaning to. What, I'm, what I do mean is that God means what he says. And God will help you learn his word and live your word. Don't you believe it? He will. Now, that, I hope, gets us started in a way that... The next eight verses give us an insight into my relationship with God's Word in a totally different way. We're used to Psalm 119, 105. Your Word is a light and lamp. That's just a tiny, tiny portion. So your homework, if you care to do it, is to read verse, the next eight verses and be ready to discuss those, Lord willing, next Sunday. Uh, let's have a quick prayer, and then the parents may go and get their children. And remember, if you need... Uh, uh, Kevin, if you want to go, if anybody needs to protect the Lord's Supper, Kevin will be back there to help you with that in a little chapel. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you so very, very much for your love and your mercy and your grace, for allowing us to study your truth. May we take this truth and apply it to our lives. May we live with a relationship with your truth that strengthens our relationship with you and yours with us as we live for you every day. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. All right, parents, you may go get your children. And the rest of you, if you just kind of hold back, because there's... Uh,